friends. Today, I'm going to talk about the coronavirus. I have gotten, oh my goodness, I can't even tell you, several, <laughs> several handfuls of inquiries about the coronavirus. And honestly, I haven't even wanted to talk about it because it is so clearly a, it is meant to spread fear. It's meant to spread fear. And so why would I want to have any part of spe spreading fear and talking about something like it's a real problem? Um, so what I'm gonna do is talk about it from the German New Medicine perspective, from the perspective that makes the most sense to me and help to alleviate some fear and panic and whatever people are thinking about it. So just give me one second and I'll get started. Okay, so here's the deal. From the German New Medicine perspective, we think differently about bacteria and viruses and fungus, things that conventionally uh, we used to think were causative agents of sickness that you got exposed to a virus or a bacteria, and for whatever reason, your immune system was low and the virus or bacteria takes over, does its thing, causes problems, and you know your immune system has to fight it and blah, 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 and you're sick for a certain amount of time, and maybe you take some medication or whatever, and then you get over it. Or it's a really bad virus, and the bad, bad virus causes you know even worse symptoms and can lead to you know pneumonia. And it's typically when, especially when we're talking about like the coronavirus and other like things they consider like a viral flu, like SARS, you know, SARS is a type of coronavirus that was like the big thing I remember one of my best friends in high school was like terrified of SARS in like 2004 um and it's the same thing guys it's the same thing every year there's you know panic and fear and it's on the headlines and they're like preparing California for quarantines and all sorts of crap I just read in this article here about, uh, let's see, CDC has 11 confirmed cases of novel coronavirus infection um, in the US, including six in California. The CDC also determined that 167 people who had symptoms consistent with the coronavirus were not actually infected. So they have symptoms. And that's where one of the big things with GNM and with this understanding, I just want to know your symptoms. Just tell me what symptoms you have. I don't want the name of your disease. I don't want to know the name of the virus that is going around. I just want to know what symptoms you are presenting with because the symptoms tell the story of what is going on in your body. It also tells a story of what you experienced. Um, I want to tell you guys a really interesting story because it kind of goes along with this. So uh, a lovely friend of mine uh, took a trip she travels a lot, and so she took a trip to Israel and Egypt. And so she, you know, gets her picture taken with the pyramids and all this, and she comes back, and she sends me a message, you know, a picture of her and her husband by the pyramids, and she's like, oh, you know, I was, she was curious to know the German New Medicine perspective of, she said, you know, when they got back, you know, everybody, like, on the plane coming back from this trip, she went with, like, a, a tour group. And she said, like, half of the people on the tour 
including her had like, you know, a cold that kind of turned into bronchitis. And she was wondering what the German New Medicine perspective of that was. And so I told her. So in this, you know, I'm like, let, let's look at the symptoms of whatever, the coronavirus. Headache, runny nose, fever, cough, shortness of breath, sore throat. So it's like various upper respiratory type symptoms. So let's go through. Headache. Headache can happen with any type of conflict. When you're in the healing phase, there is swelling and there's swelling in the region of the brain that's been affected. So that's what causes the headache. Runny nose. So when you have a stink conflict, when you have something, your uh, stink conflict has to do with, it could be a frustration, an annoyance, something you think physically stinks, something you are suspicious of um, can cause a stink conflict. And so just a little mini uh, explanation of the German New Medicine law of two phases during the active conflict. So you have this conflict shock, you have a stink conflict about something. And during conflict activity, every moment that you are feeling frustrated, annoyed, like this stinks, uh, maybe someone sneezed on you in the airplane and you're like, oh, this stinks and you're annoyed and you're frustrated with this disgusting person. Every moment you are in that conflict, there is erosion, widening of the nasal sinus mucosa. Um, and there's a biological purpose to that. And once you resolve that conflict, once you're like away from the person, the frustration, the annoyance is over, you go into the healing phase. And so the tissue that was eroded, that was widened during the active conflict, you know, the biological purpose of that was to bring in more scent. So like if you're frustrated or annoyed, um, you know, or suspicious, you know, your nasal passage, we want to widen it so that you can take in, you can smell more, you can be more acute so you can sniff out whatever danger might be going on. Sniff out, oh, is that smoke? You know, your body has these biological mechanisms for helping you survive situations. And so it's very important for us to utilize all of the, um, the biological faculties that we have available to us to survive. So once that conflict is resolved, the body starts to repair the mucosal lining of the sinus cavity. That's where you get runny nose, stuffy nose, swollen nose, because now your body's in the healing phase, tissue restoration phase. There's, you know, exudate, there's, you know, you'll have, be blowing your nose and running, all of that happens during the healing phase. Um, and that ha that goes on. Um, someone actually just asked me a question. How long is the healing phase? The healing phase, however long, uh, it depends on the intensity and the duration of the conflict. The longer the conflict, the more intense the conflict, the greater uh, amount of tissue was adapted. So the longer the healing phase is going to be. So how long were you in the stink conflict? How long were you annoyed or frustrated? That's going to determine how long you're in the healing phase. And you know, everyone's had cold, everybody's had the flu. It just, you know, it takes as long as it takes. You know, I have some tea, cuddle up, chill out, d no pressure, let your body do its thing. You know, I, I see a lot of people asking like, oh, what can I do to help speed this up? There's no speeding it up, honestly. Like <laughs> sure, there are maybe some, you know, herbs or supplements you can take that seem to kind of minimize the symptoms, allow you to perk up and get your job done or whatever. But for the most part, you know, I just say the body knows. Your body knows exactly how much tissue needs to be repaired. It's going to go through that process. The best thing you can do is chill and not add another stink conflict on top of your stink conflict because you have sinus issues right now. So that's one of the symptoms, runny nose, stuffy nose, whatever. 
fever. Fever also happens during the healing phase. Um, coughing. So let's move down uh, the, the respiratory tract and let's actually talk a little more about this bronchitis situation um, from my friend who went to Egypt. And so bronchitis. So when you're having issues affecting the uh, bronchioles or uh, the bronchial tube, so the bronchioles respond to, the bronchial mucosa more specifically, responds to a territorial fear or scare fright conflict. And so this is when you're afraid. You are afraid for your safety. You're scared. Maybe you, you know, were caught off guard by something. You're freaked out by something. And so during the active conflict, there is erosion of the bronchial mucosa. And again, this is the whole purpose of this is widening. We're widening the airway so you can breathe in more, get in more oxygen so that you can get out of this scary situation. And then once you are safe, once you've resolved that conflict, the body begins restoring the bronchial mucosa that was eroded during the active conflict. And so that comes along with maybe some difficulty breathing, you've got swelling in your chest, you're coughing. Um, so you've got this, you know, shortness of breath. That's one of the, you know, these symptoms, uh, coughing. Uh, and so when that happens, you are in the healing phase. Your body is restoring the tissue that was lost during the active conflict. And so uh, my friend, I asked, or she's like, oh, well, what's the German New Medicine perspective? And I told her, I was like, you know, the, the sinus stuff, that's a stink conflict, the bronchitis uh, situation, that is uh, due to a scare fright or territorial fear. And she goes, oh my goodness. When they were in Egypt, when they went to all of these tours, um, she said that there they had guards, like a security detail with them at all times, holding machine guns and rifles everywhere that they went when they were in Egypt, which is actually funny. I saw from um, some guy who's traveling, he went to Egypt and he said, it's like, it's kind of like unsafe, but he had this kind of vibe of not very safe to be there. And so, oh my goodness, how much sense does that make for these, you know, American people who aren't used to this type of security around them with machine guns, uh, you know, you assume for dangerous situations for safety, it's kind of like, I feel a little unsafe in this situation. How much sense does it make that this this tour group that goes over, goes to the, you know, they, they're kind of feeling a little nervous, feeling a little like scared um, for their physical safety because they have this security. And then they get on the plane to head back home and half the tour has bronchitis. It's because, oh, we're finally safe. We're heading back to the United States where things are more familiar. And so they, their body goes into healing and half the tour gets bronchitis, you know? And that is because the unique individual perception. It's not that everybody caught bronchitis. And again, it's not everybody. It's some people, it's half the people. Why not everyone? If it was something they were exposed to, um, on the airplane or when they were in Egypt or whatever, why wouldn't it be everybody? Because it has to do with the individual, the perception of the individual and what they happen to be dealing with individually. And so that's why, you know, when you look at epidemics and pandemics and large groups of people, like I'm interested in one person, I'm interested in this individual and their experience. That's what I want to know about because that's what's going to tell me the story. You know, when you look at statistics and you're looking at big numbers and you're saying, oh, this many people, it's like, I want to know, let's talk to some individuals who develop these symptoms and see what they experienced. So um, another uh, symptom 
It could be a sore throat. Sore throat has to do with not being able to swallow something. And so this could be something physical. You know, I got a, a sore throat, like strep throat type symptoms after not being able to swallow a meatball. So it could be something physical or it could be something, um, you know, metaphorical. Like I can't swallow that I'm stuck in an airplane next to someone who's coughing and sneezing. I can't swallow it. That, you know, I, so your body during those moments, again, widens during the active conflict, the esophagus, the lining of the esophagus, and then during the healing phase, there's tissue restoration. So you have a sore throat, scratchy throat, hard to swallow, all of that. Um, so yeah, that these all have to do with individual unique perceptions and experiences. Now, let's talk about what happens when someone scared that they might have the coronavirus, you know? And so this is where the panic comes in. And this is, you know, the very best way to cause pretty innocuous upper respiratory bronchitis, flu type symptoms, sinus, throat stuff. The best way to amplify that and turn it from just a, a mild, you're going to cough, you're going to, you know, be dealing with these symptoms for a couple of days is to quarantine someone. So when you, um, when you quarantine someone, when you're like, oh my gosh, you've got these symptoms. Oh, let's swab you. Do you have the virus? Is it, you know, is it in your body? And, and then people get locked away so no one else catches it. When you're locked away, when a person who's in the healing phase from um, a scare fright or a territorial fear affecting um, the bronchial mucosa, so you're, you've got bronchitis, you've got that cough, um, if during the healing phase, while you have uh, already swelling in, um, in your bronchioles, your body, if you start retaining water due to an isolation, abandonment, um, refugee or existence conflict, that causes the kidney collecting tubules to shut off so that you retain water. And it's because you're panicked, you're freaked out. That is what is going to cause um, bronchitis to graduate into pneumonia, which is the more dangerous complication, um, which is what typically when, when people uh, cite flu deaths and stuff like that, or like, oh, this is an extra deadly coronavirus, it's typically the people end up dying because of complications with pneumonia. Um, but again, if the person isn't panicked, if they're not freaked out, it'll, it'll stay at a lower level. It'll stay just bronchitis as the body's healing. And so I hope you can see, I mean, the, the, the conflict related to bronchitis, to this kind of shortness of breath and coughing and fever um, is associated with scares territorial fears, fears for our safety. And so if you are freaking out at all because of this, if you're like even taking it in, like don't even take it in, just even absorbing it, even looking at the articles of this fear, it is absolutely, I mean, it is detrimental to you, you know, to just even be afraid of it. Like, I'll tell you a story. I ordered this, um, this ring light. I'm not using it right now, but I ordered it off of that, that website called Wish. And, um, and it's like super, you know, cheap stuff from, from China. And they've got all sorts of random stuff. And I was like, oh, I, I want to order this ring light. So I ordered it. And I saw a hilarious meme, like when the coronavirus first came out, it's like, oh, my package from Wish. And it's like, you know, something, I don't even remember what it was, um, but basically like, oh, the coronavirus is going to travel over 
on this box. And even after, cause I went to the, the UPS store to pick it up and I told the guy, cause the box was all like crashed up and I was like, oh, it came from China. And he like promptly went to his like hand sanitizer. Um, but it was just like that thought and I noticed and I just watched myself and I watched like if I was afraid, if I was afraid that a virus, which can't even like survive on, you know, uh, and by the way, a virus is a protein particle. A virus, we, um, and I highly recommend that you read the book Virus Mania because it talks about how, you know, like viruses, they're not what we think they are. We've shoved them into the germ um, model, like the germ theory. We shoved viruses into what we think is going on with bacteria, which is inaccurate. And it is, you know, even back in the day when it was like, oh, are we going to go germ theory or terrain theory? You know, like, Pasteur did not have, you know, everybody on his team. And there's a lot of fraud and stuff, if you really want to look into all of that, um, associated with his work. But so basically, we've got this idea of viruses, and we've shoved it into this model that was already existing, because it's so much easier to do that than actually like find out what's going on with them. Um, and there's like a lot of interesting stuff. Stefan Lanka, his work is really amazing. Like, viruses, what we call viruses are protein particles, you know, and from the, the German New Medicine perspective, they are present at the site of healing. They are present in the same way bacteria are. We, you know, they probably serve some type of purpose, either they're, you know, helping something or there's some type of breakdown material. I don't altogether know. I, you know, I haven't studied it extensively and I know that there are still question marks and that's, you know, that beautiful thing about having an open mind is like, you know, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's not a causative agent and I'm not going to fear it as a causative agent and I'm not going to be freaked out if I you know I you know I joked when the first we started talking about the coronaviruses come wipe it on me come someone put some coronavirus on me and I won't get sick because I do it will not cause that conflict within me it will not cause that conflict in, within me and so that's this kind of like personal mental immunity it's a mental immunity to fear it's a mental immunity to the influences of others to things people are trying to make you believe and freak you out about like I don't want to have anything to do with that and so that's what I advise to you is to not have anything to do with it to know where health comes from to know um the understand German new medicine I mean it really is someone wrote earlier like oh I wish there was a manual for understanding the body or like the body came with the manual you know, I believe that that's what Dr. Homer discovered is the manual for the body is understanding how your unique subjective perception of your world influences the tissue adaptations of your body and whether and what type of symptoms or sickness or illness or chronic problems that you're having. There's a way to find out what's causing it and there's a way for you to resolve those issues. I got a great, I'm going to share it tomorrow, um, a lady I worked with. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I checked in on her, asked her how she was doing. She was having some chronic sinus problems, and she has identified the chronic frustration, uh, stink conflict, uh, conflict, annoyance, suspicion that she was dealing with. And she's noticing the thought patterns, and she's shifting. And she's noticing the thought patterns, and she's shifting. And her sinus issues are getting better and better. She's having less and less problems with it, and she's getting better at noticing. And so that's the work that I do with people when I'm working in a GNM kind of health capacity. I also do just kind of um, 
just that empowerment, that understanding that you are in control of your life, you are in control of your experience. You get to decide how things are for you. And so that's really just what I want to encourage is people to just take control of your experience instead of being pushed around by, you know, the news and media and fears and problems and bad things happening and bad things that people are predicting. You don't have to be influenced by that. You have a choice. You have a choice. And so um, I love to help people activate that ability to choose. And so if you need help with that, please reach out. I'd love, love, love to, to help you, to encourage you, to help build up that inner strength. Because when you feel strong, when you feel powerful, that is the best preventer of illness. Because it's when you... And when you think about, you know, the body and how we're reacting to everything, your body is always just detecting signals. Are we safe? Are we safe? Are we safe? Is there anything we need to do right now to ensure our survival? And so when you're just feeling strong, when you're feeling powerful, when you are feeling invulnerable to stuff happening, you are resilient. You are healthy. Your body is in homeostasis. It's balanced. It's strong. It's healthy. When you start feeling afraid, when you start getting freaked out, when you start feeling nervous, um, when you're panicking, you are feeling in those moments unsafe. And so when you are feeling unsafe, your body steps in and says, hey, we got this. Let's, I can adapt some tissue. I can, I can do something because your body doesn't just sit on the sidelines and wait for you to get attacked by something. It steps in. When you can't psychologically handle what's going on in your life, your body starts to adapt. And so that's why building up your mental and your psychological immunity and your ability to feel strong and to feel powerful and to feel active and to feel, you know, like you have things under control. You understand what's going on. You don't feel fearful. That's the best, um, that's the best immune booster that is possible. That's the best way to avoid tissue adaptation is when you are feeling strong or if you have a shock because it still happens, there will still be things that will catch you off guard in the moment. But when you've got this awareness, when you've got this inner strength, you have the ability to what? To notice. I just noticed. I just noticed I was doing that. And you have the ability to calm yourself down. You have the ability to shift from conflict activity to the healing phase. You do it quickly. And so, you know, blip on the radar. It's not a huge thing. Again, the intensity and duration of the active conflict will determine the intensity and duration of the healing phase. So how intense your symptoms are. And so the more mild, the more, you know, brief the conflict, the less the big deal you know, you'll have a little sniffle, get a little sore throat, maybe have a little cough, maybe, you know, little, little, little. And that's what we want to do is just improve that, that ability to respond to your environment in a way where you feel safe, you feel strong, you feel powerful, you feel like I got this, you know, that feeling of I'm okay, I've got this. I mean, that's what I just really encourage the people that I work with. It's like, I got to brainwash you <laughs> with these ideas that you are strong, you are powerful, you are not stuck. There is nothing that can prevent you from getting the things that you want. You know, we got to shift the beliefs, shift the inner dialogue, shift the stories that you're telling yourself. <sighs> then you feel strong and then you feel powerful and then you don't feel fearful. And when you do feel fear fearful, you get curious. You say, hmm, I'm feeling really fearful about this. I'm feeling like this thing outside me has power. I'm feeling like this thing outside me could hurt me in some way. Um, I need to do something about that, you know, and then call me up and say, listen, this thing's freaking me out. I got to do something about it. And, uh, and that's how we handle everything. That's how we handle all the things. This is how we handle the health things. This is how we handle the relationship things. This is how we handle the things. 
we feel better. We feel powerful. We tell ourselves stories that make us feel strong. Uh, we reprogram the inside and then the outside follows in every single way. So I hope you guys found this helpful. I'm not really seeing any comments, so um, there might be some. I'll try to get back to you guys afterwards, but yes. Fear not, worry not, all is well. Um, your body knows what it's doing. Your body is on your side. <sighs> no fear. And I uh, will see you guys again next time. Bye.